Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jen goes out a guy called Peter File. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Thursday's Scottish Football Pod... Nope, Terrace. Keep that in. Keep that in. Just try again. Try again. I was, I was actually a wee bit behind with the, with the podcast, and I listened to one that you started the other day, and you had a pig's ear of that as well. Oh, it's, because I don't come in with any preparation, other than. There's two of us there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just don't come in with any preparation, so, like, especially to begin with. Preparation is key. Try the intro again. Try the intro again. <clears throat> I think it's a good intro as well. Yeah, uh, right. made a kind of. <clears throat> Just want to introduce the us the pair us then. Let's crack on. Let's no, 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 crack no, I'll on. do. It. Hello and welcome to Thursday's Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. Yes, that's better. Craig Fowler is still in Thailand and taking videos of crabs, apparently. <laughs> Terrace Towers <laughs> haven't no. yet burned down, but the Hardy Boys have arrived. Craig Telfer. Hello. And Sean McGuire. Hello there. Does that make me Lita, if my wrestling knowledge is correct? Yes. As part of Team Extreme? That does, yeah, it does. That's, that's, that's very good. Mm. I had a big crush on Lita. Oh, everyone did. Lita was gorgeous. Um, I, I don't know who she is. No, she, she's very good. Uh, very, probably one of the best uh, uh, trailblazers in terms of like modern women's wrestling because like, at that point, it was women were hired purely on their looks. You had people like Sable couldn't wrestle for shit. Um, you had, uh, but then Lita sort of came in and she was really like fit and athletic. She was very good looking as well, but she she could go. Like, she was a really, really good wrestler and probably a, a, a trailblazer in Aye, modern fair women's wrestling. I was, uh, I was actually going to say, see when you're talking about Craig Fowler yes. in Thailand, see when he puts pictures up oh. and it's like... Beautiful picture of a beach, a uh, beautiful picture of the sea, a beautiful sunset, and then picture four will be a picture and of his face. hairy, sweaty face. Yep. It's like, oh dear. There was, one Ruined. That, there was one that he put up, I didn't like it, but there was one that he put up where he, he basically said you could walk half a mile and you'd still be up to your stomach. Like, and he said, well, keep on walking, please. <laughs> 
Just keep going. <laughs> you'll eventually it'll go above your stomach. <laughs> keep going, and then when you find that, just keep going again. <laughs> he probably won't listen back to this, so it's fine. We're not going to bother with what is or not is, none of that shite. Just going to get straight into the muck. Get our hands dirty. We're going to plough right down to League Two Good. and start with Rory McAllister. Yeah, it's, it's not often a transfer in the lower leagues gains kind of plenty of traction and intrigue, especially one going between a League One side to a League Two side. But this certainly has. Uh, it seemed like Rory McAllister handed in a transfer request, obviously knowing that it was going to go. Suspiciously quickly. So, how has it gone down within uh, lower league football and Peterhead and Cove? Well, I think the best place to start is with uh, I think Cove Rangers. Cove Rangers need a striker. They've scored more goals than anybody else in the league. I think they probably need a defender, a defensive player, more than a striker. But well, I'd say I'd say in terms of they need a striker. In terms of there's a lot of uh, onus put on Mitch Meganson. Because other than that, the only reserve striker they really got is Jimmy Scott, and he's not really a he's not really like a as proper in Martin Scott, ah, yes. as in the guy who broke Sean Welsh's jaw that mm-hmm. time. Um, mm-hmm. They've also lost <laughs> Declan Glass as well, so they're in a forward position. They are they are down a player, and I think that that McAllister can offer something different to um, to Mitch Meganson. For instance, McAllister is the sort of guy you can. I remember doing a podcast with Scott McLaughlin who, who played alongside McAllister at Peterhead, and it was like ball down. Up to the front, ball up to Rory McAllister, play the channels, push the team up to there because Rory can make things happen. And because you don't have Declan Glass there, somebody who can really play the ball through the middle of the park, I mean, he's started apparently he's playing very well for yeah, Dundee United, which is great to see. McAllister will give them some something different. I think it's a, I think it's a great signing for Cove. Do you not think though, that, that everybody is a winner in this deal? But only in the short term for Cove Rangers in terms of what they want to do and what their yes. ambitions are. So it's three and a half year contract. So three and a half year deal. So I think it's I think well, he's got more bookings than goals yes. this season. I think it's four league goals. Uh-huh. He wasn't doing particularly well for Peterhead last season. By his own high standards, wasn't great. So I did wonder in the summer if his powers were maybe on the way. Now they maybe aren't. Maybe he. Thinking he's an operation. I don't know if I read that. He's not hundred percent fit at the moment. I don't think. I don't think he was fit at the start of the season. He's never really looked himself. So for Peterhead to get well five figures, so at least presumably somewhere in the region of ten grand for a guy that's got four goals this season. I think Peterhead have done very well out of it. I think Ronan McAllister has done very well. Mm-hmm. Some of, of the numbers bandied about certainly on Pie and Bovril. Pie in the sky, maybe. I know, he's, he's, he's going to be doing very well what, yeah. regardless See, someone said he was on like grand a week <laughs> rubbish surely goodness but, but whatever he's on £900 a week <laughs> but this is taking him up until he's 36 now let's say let's say Cove get promoted this season you would expect yeah. well, and you would expect that Ronan McAllister will do very well when he drops down a level however that means he's coming back up to the level that he's kind of struggling at this season next season so whether whether it's going to be a good three and a half years for Ron McAllister I'm does, not so sure does we, we, I, th- I think actually when I say he's a, a good sign and I, I, I completely agree with the point you're making I do think though that, that, that see Peterhead for instance Peterhead to me are a club that are just kind of they're a wee bit stale mm-hmm. and I think that's with Jim McAnally having, having been there for so long McAllister having been there for so long I don't know how good a coach Jim McAnally is I think he's perhaps a good manager in terms of and what I mean that is like managing players I think that 
Peterhead's sort of unique situation where there's like players that are central based, players that are like Aberdeen based, they, they train in several locations, come together, I think it's a fourth they train at once a week. That's a difficult situation. So you have to be good to, to manage that. I don't know how good a coach he is. And I think McAllister himself said you need a change of scenery. I do think you can see what you like about Paul Hartley's time, particularly at Falkirk, but I do think he's a far better coach than um than Jim McAnally I think they've got a guy a fitness guy in there Tam Ritchie who's working with him Sport have interviewed numerous part-time players who talk about Tam Ritchie and say how grueling his enjoyable but very grueling his sessions there and I think that that I mean they're, they're I mean I think the majority of the squad are exclusively from Aberdeen there's only a handful of yeah. players that, that aren't so that, that's probably easier for him I, he did I, ma- he did mention that and he's after signing that he was attracted obviously the, the money but he was attracted because he's played with a number of the players so he, I think he gets all gets Scott Ross Jordan of, Jordan Brown he played, he played with Peter Jamie Redmond they won the league in uh, 2013-14 I mean there must be do you think sorry do you think he's going to turn into more of a facilitator than a goal scorer I don't know if that's his game necessarily uh, I mean, I mean, it might strike up a, a really good, a really good relationship with Megaton. So, so, so quite but, possibly. But it's interesting that you, you talk about that, that goals weren't necessarily a problem for Coverings. I mean, Coverings a four-five-one. They've been playing for the best part of the season, and that, that, I mean, that, that's not to say that, that there's a that there's an onus on Megaton to score the goals. But there's loads of support from from the middle of the park. I mean, when Cove can can knock the ball around really, we've spoken about this before. Cove knocked the ball around really quickly, and they can they can push up it and, and offer support. It'll be interesting to see what what this means though for for Cove. Do they change Do they change this system that served them so, so well over the season, or will Meganson be, be dropping out? There was again Pine Bovril talk that Meganson might might be away. I, I can't see that happening. I think the Cove Rangers would be daft to daft to sell him. I do think it is a bit of a risk though that that three and a half year deal. That's that's crazy. That's like the sort of deal you give to like a. A full-time player who's like in his mid twenties, so you want to tie down for the best year of his career. And I mean, I mean, perhaps they had to give him something like that, bearing in mind he's very close to a testimonial. Mm-hmm. At uh, so, so, so maybe he needed something like that to say, right? I absolutely, I'm going to go for it. You mentioned a testimonial. How will he be remembered at Peterhead? I think he's just shy of 200 goals for the club. I find that strange. On, on their website, when they when they said that he, Peterhead website, when he said he'd left for Cove Rangers, they called him a cult hero. Mm. And I thought that surely that, a legend. I, Ron McAllister must be a legend. I think he'll he'll be remembered as one of the greatest strikers. And that's how I would see him. I'm not a Peterhead supporter, but I would say he's a, he's a he's a lower league legend for the number of goals he scored. He's been playing part time football now for since 2009, since he went to Brecon. And he's he's just been an absolute phenomenon. He's got more than two hundred goals. I mean, without knowing, without uh, so, having a fantastic knowledge of Peterhead's history, he must go down as one of the best ever players. In the SPFL era, I think he's the highest goal scorer mm-hmm. of one hundred thirteen uh, since two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, you you mentioned about him going part time just before we move on to elsewhere in League Two. He is he's quite an int- interesting character in the in the lower leagues. I think a lot of people who don't really pay much attention to uh, to League One, League Two and so on will know his name just from like Soccer Saturday and having coupons on and stuff but this may be hard to answer do you think there's a regret for him that like, he's not maybe taking the opportunity to go full time again because Paul Harley did say that he tried to get him to Dundee I don't think it's a regret no. from him no. I think football fans there's probably a regret from them because they would like to see you could they have made it a championship I, could they have made it in premiership you level? always want to see as a, as a football supporter that's your ambition you always want to see ambition you want to think if somebody's good enough you always want to see them test themselves at the highest level and I think that 
there is a, there is probably a frustration towards Rory McAllister that we'll never know what level he could have played at because after he left Brecon in 2000, no, it was 2011 when he, when he left Brecon there was a talk I mean there was a Sheffield United Port Vale I mean he said in a Pele podcast uh, back in like 2015 that it was basically he had an agent at the time who was putting the, this stuff out there but then the stuff never materialised so it was more, that was more paper talk nevertheless I'm sure there was concrete interest from teams like St Johnson and, and St Byrne it would have been interesting to see how, how he did but that's I mean that's what happened if I became a professional footballer we'll never know I think we do know. Hooked at, hooked at half time. Right, so from the. Kind of, uh, oh, so just one well, thing, sorry to touch on, like, what next for Peterhead? I think that there's kind of rumours that there's stuff going on behind the scenes at boardroom level at Peterhead. They just seem to be a club that lack ambition to a certain degree. They, they almost seem to be happy to kind of be a, a decent League Two team and a kind of mid-table to floundering League One team whether that's because of who's in I mean as you say it seems like there's very much a staleness around the club they need rejuvenation from from somewhere and that probably stems from a new manager I mean we spoke a few times that that McAnally has surely run his course at Peterhead and they need I think they need fresh impetus I think they need fresh ideas and that probably starts with, with the coach I just think that the guys that they signed as well when you saw Ryan Conroy going going up there who was a sort of like brilliant set piece taker at Airdrie, but nothing didn't, else didn't offer legs beyond that. Same at Stats Park. Aye, and you're putting him in midfield uh, like alongside Simon Ferry. Simon Ferry's a, a different sort of player, of course. Simon Ferry's all about just like keeping the ball and, and recycling. It's something that he does does to great effect there. Um, ah, you kind of you, you just kind of wonder. It's, it's difficult for a team like PI. Cove Rangers, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, they're based in Aberdeen, so Aberdeen's a big city. You can attract guys who. I mean, like you say, if you if you're Aberdeen, if you want to play part time football, Highland League football, but now Cove Rangers are an avenue where if you are good enough to play in the SPFL, you do have that there. With Peter Head, I mean, how far is Peter? About 40, 45 minutes beyond Aberdeen, something like that. It's a long, long way to go, and it's a big commitment for a lot of guys, particularly Central Belt players. But as we've seen it in the past, the clubs I know Stranraer have done it, and they had a real tough time. If you're a remote club. And you try to source players locally. That can be that can be very very difficult. And you'd imagine in the past that players that potentially stayed up north that may have considered Peterhead, Cove Rangers will now probably be fishing in the same pool as Peterhead, and they'll be getting dragged to Cove instead of Peterhead. Yeah, aye. So that's that's what that's what that's you, you, if you're in the same thing, you, you probably have to do things uh, things differently. So Peterhead will still keep chucking seven hundred pounds a week to sign. Um, Derek Lyle <laughs> Derek Lyle 42 year old Derek Lyle <laughs> I'm going to drag us back down at the bottom fleet too the miserable trio in the relegation mire mm. Brecon, Steny, Albion separated by four points yes. albeit I think Rovers have two, two games, two games in, in hand, hand. Yeah. so how's it looking down there uh, incidentally I was not uh, I was not trying to be clever uh, on Saturday when I put in the group chat that Steny were now bottom I was not gloating or anything like that it was just I'm just stating, stating the fact. I don't have any dislike of no, Steny or anything. I think my response to you was a middle finger emoji. Inquiry <laughs> uh, to not. It's, uh, that, that's, I think it's a good time to talk about the bottom of League Two because 
Stenhouse Muir and Brecon City played each other at the weekend and the match finished two each which um, certainly the, the team who'll be happier about that is, is Brecon City Stenhouse Muir should have won that game comfortably should have won that game Brecon had about about four chances scored with two of them whereas Stenhouse passed up numerous chances the ball worked well into good areas uh, crosses going behind the striker uh, shots right at the goalkeeper the goalkeeper making a good save shots going wide etc Um as a as a Stennis Muir fan, I am increasingly disconsolate with what's going on. I'm From, finding it difficult to even sort of joke about it. Um, I at the start of the season, I thought we might challenge for the players. I thought it'd be difficult <coughs> with the squad that Colin McMenor put together. But we are in a lot of trouble. Now. As much as much as you're saying that Stennis Muir were the were the better team on Saturday, do you think there's more of a a kind of feel good factor about Brecon rather than Stenny at the moment, and that Brecon possibly have a better chance of getting out of it than Stennis Muir? No, I think I, I no, I, th- I, I don't know what you mean. What, what do you mean by like a, a feel good factor? Well, they've shown a bit more in the last and, six. Games. Uh, and then Andy Jackson, although he might be a little bit returned from a little it. Bit. <laughs> a actually, actually, yeah, you know, some you can you can make fun of Andy Jackson how and how uh, like he's, he's probably about a stone overweight. Same with Ryan McCord, he's, he's a stone overweight. Dougie Hill, he's a stone overweight. But, but Jackson was very good on Saturday. Um, Stennis Muir brought two new players into the into the team. They brought um, Greg Spence from our broth and Robert Wilson, who was also our, our broth, albeit on loan at uh, Musselburgh Athletic. How did he play? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of a, a player who's a, I've seen have a worse debut than than Robert Wilson. I was Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Woodgate at the Elmwood. I, I was I was I was thoroughly disappointed with what I saw from Robert Wilson. Robert Wilson's a big guy. He's like six four, looks like a defender. You know, you know, you just you know the way football players tend to carry themselves. He's like a big strapping young man. But what, what we got the both breaking goals. He was indirectly responsible for the first one. He kind of loses possession. And he's out of position. He doesn't know where the ball's going. You can see him sort of looking around as the ball's chipped into Ollie Hamilton to, to, to open the scoring. And the second, the second goal, uh, Hamilton's equaliser. I was giving it to Paul McManus that goal. Regardless, the 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 the, the, the breaking equaliser was six minutes of time. He was really poor. Not not a, not nowhere near aggressive enough. He's up against Andy Jackson. Um, Jackson, uh, as, we, as we mentioned, Jackson's not 100 percent fit. You know. He, Particularly stuck out at Fourth Athletic, he's not being fit in Brecon. He just kind of kind of looked a bit Sunday League with some of the sides of the guys that are there. But but he, it was at a stage where he just wasn't even attempting to go for headers with Jackson, despite having a, an obvious size advantage. And um, now Wilson was at Berwick Rangers last season in this defence that, that conceded ninety goals. From what Berwick Rangers have said. <laughs> was that he was actually one of the few guys in that team who actually looked like a football player. Now, when he left <coughs> Berwick in the summer, he went and trial at Arbroath and Dick Campbell signed him as a backup to Tam O'Brien and, and Ricky Little. So, obviously, never going to get in ahead of the pair of them. They're both very good centre-backs, but the fact that Dick Campbell saw something in him suggests there might be a player there, but in terms of debuts, I was I was, I was really, really underwhelmed. And uh, I know that there's issues at the club with, with Dave Adams, the manager, and David Marsh at centre-back. Apparently they, they don't get on with each other, so that's why Marsh hasn't been part of the squad. I know he got a head knock, but that was a, that was a couple of weeks ago. I'd imagine he would have been fit enough to. What to about play what about Mark McGuigan? Who is he? Kind of disappeared. Is there an issue there? 
McGregor was taken off on on Saturday in place of Botti Biabi, uh, and McGregor didn't look. Per- I mean, obviously, I, I, I don't read too much into people's body language when they get taken off. Because I just thought McGregor was having a decent game. McGregor's not had a good season. That's the the, the, the top and bottom of it. And I, I think a lot of people are at a loss to to understand why because he was he's been Stenson's best player for the last the last two years and, and and scored so many goals. But it's just. It's not happening for him this season. He's not getting into the right places. He's, I never, th- I, to be honest, I never thought he was a particularly good finisher. But even some of the chances that he's missing, you're like, come, come on, big man. And it's a stage where, where supporters are getting on his back. And I, I don't like seeing that given how well he's done for the club. But by the same token, I'd imagine he's probably our best paid player. He's the most important player. You look to him. You, you want to you want to see him do well. It's just not happening. I, there, was, there was talk that he's been linked with uh, Peter Head. I don't think he'll go uh, to Peterhead just because of the. I think Stennis was very convenient for him. He lives in East Kilbride and it's a big ask for someone to go up there. But aye, there's a, a real, real malaise at Stennis. Uh, Greg Spence was the other signing. I was going to come on to talk about him uh, as well as Wilson. Spence uh, hasn't scored a league goal in over two years. And it really annoyed me when, when a lot of people said, I'll be a great signing for that level. It's like, well, well what are we basing this on? He has. Uh, did he score goals at that level for Cowden Beef, or was it League One? He never, he's, never he's, played, he's never played. He's never played. He's never played the further stage. He's dropped down. In his I mean, when he was at Rovers the first time, he actually had a decent goal-scoring record. He had a, a good ratio of goals to starts in the in the championship. Mm-hmm. As you say, his last goal was for Rovers in his second spell. I think it was January two thousand eighteen against Air United. Yeah, it's a one-all draw. I don't know if. I mean, I mean, he's played a lot of games. It's mm-hmm. not as if he hasn't been playing for teams and just not scoring. Whether it's whether I, he's I, done as a player, whether it's his confidence. I think his confidence because I like the look of him. He's working hard. You know, he's working hard. He's chasing down defenders. He, 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 I thought he's. I always thought I imagined him as a fox in the box sort of player. But he was working the channels. He what he was closing down. And I do think that that he'll develop a, a solid partnership. I think he will score goals for Stenhousemuir. But annoying uh, me the fact that thought oh, he'd be a brilliant sign. It's like what because he's not scored in in, in, in two years. <laughs> Meanwhile, breaking. Is there a feel good factor there? I I I don't know. Just because you bring home Andy Jackson, that doesn't really doesn't really say much to me. I think, there's talk I think Wilson has said that he will be able to restructure the squad in, in January. Well, I've been, had a couple of decent results recently. I've been told as well. There's there's, Stenis, there's a couple of players coming and going from from Steny in, uh, in the, ne- the next few weeks. But like I say, they actually played all right. That was that was the worst thing they played all right. Uh, Conor McBrearty came back on loan. He famously scored two goals against Falkirk in the Scottish Cup. He has come back on loan from St Mirren, and he looks. He I really like watching him because he's he's probably not the most technical player. Doesn't have a lot of finesse, but he's just energy and legs in the middle of the park. And that's something the team have been crying out for. Uh, Ryan Blair, who. Was it Falkirk went to Swansea? Obviously, his career's not quite going <laughs> as he might have expected it. That he's at the bottom of uh, League Two, but you can tell. I think there was times he wasn't up to up, quite up to the rough and tumble. Either you're picking out passes. McGuigan looked all right. Spence looked all right. Botti Biabi, if we can keep him till the end of the season, uh, that'd be a bit of a coup because I really like what I've seen from him. But they're, they're playing. Stenhousemuir are playing away at Elgin City uh, on on Saturday, and the danger is they lose this match. Uh, meanwhile Brecon City and Albion Rovers are both in the Scottish Cup so they'll have a game in hand so it'll be a massive impetus if Brecon win that they can they can leapfrog them meanwhile Albion Rovers obviously it's winning their games in hand Albion Rovers can can go as high as like just outside the playoffs if they win so but I think Loaf it's all just stayed on uh, well basically enough as Dennis Muir uh, Albion Rovers they've lost smart 
saddle or to Elgin City. Yeah, I don't think not not particularly. I think Smarter Saddler was in the right place at the right time for them. Point when he signed and loaned from. Aye, he signed on loan from Queen's Park uh, about this time last year and he was a bit of a talismanic figure you know, he's quite a, 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 by all accounts he's a very good guy to have around you know, he's got a, a good sense of humour doesn't take himself too seriously and I think that he did score some important goals for, for, for Albion Rovers but I don't think they, they've got the same level of performance out of him so I don't necessarily think that's a blow it'll be interesting to see who <coughs> Kevin Harper uh, brings into and to replace him but I know it's uh, sort of like being Declan Byrne and Aussie C have been there sort of like two starters in recent weeks just before we move on who do you think is prime for the bottom spot or who, who do you have an inkling that's going to be in the bottom spot Preakin uh, I, I think it depends what, who they can bring in in January if they can make a couple of decent sign-ins I think it'll be Steny unfortunately well, the good news for Breakin is if they do finish bottom, they're redrafting the, the territories for the Highland and Lowland League. So if Breakin do get relegated, they're more likely to go into the, the <coughs> Lowland League, which is uh, better. We move up League 2 to Queen's Park. But not just Queen's Park, we'll start with Mr. Raymond McQuinnan. Or Ray McKinnon. <laughs> this is a man who has a, a quite a high opinion of himself, I think. Did you, did you both read his interview? Absolutely brilliant, because you, you did mention that you were going through it and basically just tearing it apart. Yeah, right. And I just, I, even though right. my kind of knowledge is, is, is not up there with yourselves in terms of what Ray McKinnon's done, I started thinking, that's not right, that's not right. right. And looking at the stats. <coughs> Bless you, excuse me, sorry. We can edit that out as well. We can see it's a fucking massive thing there. Right. Sean, I've I've got his um I've got his interview written out and I'll I'll read something out to you and we we can talk okay, about it, right? That's fine. I don't think I need to prove my good manager. My stats prove that. Sixty seven games his last sixty seven games, twenty three wins, thirty four point three percent win percentage. Okay. So we can we can we'll jump back a bit because we can take his time at, at Breakin City, largely successful. Yep. Time at Wraith Rovers Successful Successful Got them into the playoffs Probably the best Wraith Rovers team in 20 years Okay right. So, so fair, fair enough right Dundee United were stripping away all their assets after relegation I rebuilt that club with no money whatsoever and took them to the playoffs We had Hibs in the league who were throwing money at getting out of it but we had nothing He was probably not allowed to spend any more money after he spent <laughs> £30,000 on Lewis Toshney a guy, <laughs> a guy with one and a half knees <laughs> <laughs> they also signed uh, William Edge and Gelly, Willow Flood, Cammy Bell, two guys of Willem Tway. I mean, I think he signed 12 players. Those guys were all getting paid. I mean, <laughs> and what he failed to mention was they didn't just finish behind Hibs, they also finished behind Falker that season. They, they finished third. His, uh, his time at Dun United was unsuccessful and to, to blame budgets when he would have a far bigger budget than almost everybody mm-hmm. else in the league, with the exception of Hibs, uh, doesn't really hold water. Okay. I went to Morton. I left that team top of the league, so that proves my worth in those two jobs. He <laughs> was in charge of three league games. He was, was, was in charge of only three league games, and they weren't top. <laughs> they were second. Air United were top. Okay. When I went to Falkirk, they were bottom of the league. Let's just say it was a very, very average squad, and according to the people who employed me, avoiding relegation would have been a miracle. <laughs> That's the fucking daftest thing in there. <laughs> he took over in September. <laughs> It's like, it's like, so, so, so Falkirk's last game um, under Paul Hartley they'd been thumped 3-0 at home by, by Queens it was an absolutely like, a performance for the ages I'm sure like Queens had something like about 30 shots in goal mm, yep. it was 70% of the position at Falkirk um, but even so even so how many people would you have said Falkirk will get relegated at the end of that season 
Even even when you when you nobody see, nobody even, nobody even, at that even point. Even when you saw the squad that, that Falkirk had signed, did you nobody thought Falkirk would get relegated. I I find it hard to believe that anybody for the Falkirk board said that keeping this team up would be a miracle. Bear in mind they were uh, three points behind Dunfermline, who were eighth, and there was thirty three games to go. <laughs> <laughs> miracles used to be like part and seas and things like that. This is a very low miracle. Was thinking, can we get Denon Lewis scoring goals? Maybe that's it. Actually, maybe getting Denon Lewis to attack across is actually harder than a, getting a burning bush. Um, when we took thirteen points, okay, we then took thirteen points in the first half of the season, and in the second half, for a team at the bottom of the league, we had top four form and went down in goal difference. That tells me everything. What does, it, what does that tell you? Uh, it, it tells me it's a liar because they're the fifth best form in the league over the second half, uh, the second half of the season. Uh, Inverness had the fourth best form, but the problem was Patrick Thistle had the third best form, who was down there yes. uh, scrapping away, and they only picked up two more points in Alloa, which is what ultimately relegated them. So he may boast about their form in the second half of the season, which was okay, but it still wasn't good enough. There was a change of board, change of leadership. It happens, but I think my record stacks up against anybody in Scotland in terms of the resources I've had at my disposal. A fucking fantasy. One of the biggest budgets in the championship with Dundee United, one of the biggest budgets in the championship with Falkirk, and far and away the biggest budget in League One with Falkirk, and when he left them, they were fourth. It's like, I was reading, I was reading the article. And is that it? It's like he had the login <clears throat> for the article and he just gone <laughs> in <laughs> and, and just gone in and deleted all the negative stuff. It's quite abrupt. It's yeah. quite abrupt. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like uh, I so thought it was going to be quite in depth. Queens Park is different. This is the chance to build a club from the ground up. Not many managers get the opportunity, the resources, and the time to do it. There isn't. Well, he's had the resources. <laughs> there's another job in Scotland at like, this moment. There's a potential that this one has. That's what attracted me. The fact that people at the club approached me tells me a lot about my standing in football. It's extraordinary. That said, do you think Queen's Park have got a better chance of uh, achieving what they want to achieve next year as a part-time club with Ray McKinnon in charge or Mark Roberts or in charge? Ray, Ray McKinnon, that, without a doubt. I think some, as much as we're, we're having a laugh, I think it's, it could very well be a decent I think, point. You know, so I, 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 I think it's a great point. I think Queen, this, this week was perhaps... The, the most historic week in Queen's Park's history because they, it was the first time they offered their entire squad part-time contracts to end the season so Queen's Park will be paying their players up until the end of the season so I, I think I don't know what the finances are like at Queen's Park there was talk and I think this is just shite again, going back to Pine Bovril talk Michael Tidzer might be signed by Falkirk they were talking about and like the names Queen's have been Park, linked to where the wild aye like Queen's Park having some sort of just because they sold off Hamden or they, they, aye, they sold off Hamden and they're, they're getting payments in, in from the SFA that they will, will suddenly be able to sign players I certainly don't think that'll be the case but I do think that, that Queen's Park have the potential to be the best part-time club in the country if they can redevelop Lesser Hamden um, like see if they, if they can develop it the same way like Galabank which mm. is certainly I think for a sort of like modern modern football ground Galabank is the, the, the my favourite in, in Scotland I think it's perfectly adequate for a team of Annan size he's great to go to uh, and you get like the wee bit they've got behind the goals and stuff and the, the little grandstands that's fantastic but I think the location is going to be massive for, 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 for players do you not think the location goes against them though in terms of building a fan base the fact that they're in Glasgow. I mean, their average attendances aren't even that great for nah, the League Two, five hundred and whatever. Historically, they're, 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 they are the established the establishment club, probably ahead of like Rangers and Celtic in terms of that respect. I think Queens Park have 
they, they, it's how you market yourself. You know, you market yourself as a sort of like a, like the alternative to that, and people want to see successful football. Like we, the two point one. <laughs> we're new. We're different. We're the alternative. <laughs> we're scope. <laughs> Uh, fucking hell! What are you thinking? Honestly, what are you thinking? Honestly, what don't are you think thinking? Don't think that's anything else. <laughs> but no, you look at Queens Park and their history. That's that's a huge thing that can yeah. be marketed. Definitely, definitely. And the fact they've got a manager whose stats back them up. The thing is, though, but the thing is, though, what, what Queens Park uh, Queens Park is probably the most successful managers in their recent years. Billy Stark, whose time as a manager hadn't been all that successful. He'd been at Morton mm-hmm. in St Johnston and hadn't done particularly well there. Then he drops down to Queens Park. Um, like uh, Danny uh, Lennon, Danny Lennon at Clyde. You know his his stock was, was pretty low. He went back to Clyde and kind of built that back mm-hmm. up again. So I was talking about, about Queens Park because the other one was um, was Billy Stark and, and Gus McPherson, mm-hmm. who had been at Queen of the South. They got Queen of the South relegated from the the old First Division, and he goes to Queens Park and you know a team who uh, he took over them when he finished bottom. Or they, they were in the process of finishing bottom a really shabby side to be fair the, that summer they had lost Andy Robertson Lauren Shanklin Neil Parry Ricky Little Jamie Little you could go on you know, all sort of like reasonably well known lower league names but he sort of galvanised them signed all these guys from from junior football from amateur football and actually built a, a pretty good team that, that won promotion into the into League One and so you know his time at Queen's Park was I'd say was largely successful and I think that, that Ray McKinnon can do the same for all the bullshit there and the fact that a lot of that article is just, just simply not true and I mean fair play to the you need to go and actually research that so if you ask somebody to quit so fair play to the journalist you know I'm sure he didn't have the, the opportunity to, to challenge him on, on the stuff but I think he, he could be a good he's been done, done well at part time level before I imagine he'll be in Queen's Park full time so I think they probably need a full time yeah. manager um, I think it's a the, the first the, his first game in charge was a win over the Warriors and meant to be it was I read it was one of the worst games of football but then they beat Edinburgh City the weekend and reading fans views that they were really really uh, impressed with what with the performance that was delivered even Edinburgh City fans were like had, they held their hands up and when, when deserved he was, to win that when he was at Brecon City Brecon City sort of played with a like basically almost their, their team was sort of structured in two parts you had like the six you had uh, four, four defenders you had uh, Craig Malloy and Gary Fusco sort of your sitting midfielders and then you had this sort of like attacking <coughs> quartet you had Derek Carkery, Bobby Barr Andy Jackson and Alan Troughton and all very very good players all in their pump all in their pump I mean Alan Trouton's record at Breakin was sensational for some reason he's not actually like a proper striker For, forward that's the trade. all these guys are forwards and the way it worked was like when uh, when they didn't have the ball they were basically when they didn't have the ball they had to come back and cover but when the team broke further they were effectively they were allowed, allowed to do what they want obviously it was, it was a bit more structured than that but that's how you really got the best uh, the best out of them and I think that there's a, a good group of players a, a decent group of players to work with like Salim Kudera Issa he won uh, player of the month for November deservedly won player of the month David Galt's coming on to a game he sees assist at the weekend no I didn't for uh, Salim's goal for Salim's goal it is you get it it's incredible he gets it on the right hand side with his back to goals his halfway line drifts inside and he just plays a kind of Kevin De Bruyne-esque oh, outside of the foot man. right through for uh, for Salim to score he's always been uh, he's always been a player that is, that is capable of doing stuff like that aye, stuff aye. that you don't normally see at League 2 I'd, I'd love to know what happened at Alloa you know he was at Alloa he was there for like two months aye. and they went to was it Canvas Line Ranger mm-hmm. or somewhere like that it's just, just absurd a guy, a guy I'd love to see uh, Stennis Muir um, to, to be honest David Gold but he's 
Obviously, why would you want to be playing in the Lowland League when you can uh, <laughs> be playing in, in League One with, uh, with your new uh, fancy part-time contract at Queen's Park? Sean, you were on course, if I remember, maybe you did, to describe the title race in League One as one of the most exciting in the world. Still is? Still, Still is? is? Because there's there's probably now five teams involved. Because uh, So Montrose, well, Montrose are sitting fifth. If I, they win their game in hand, they go four points off the top. I think it's between three teams now and the Montrose and East Fife will be looking to get into the make sure they're in the playoffs. I think you're probably right. However, if you take Montrose as an example, so I remember, uh, I think we were sitting, I think we were actually, it was before recording a show actually, I think we were sitting one morning and it wasn't it? Was no, it's a view from the Terrace, our wildly uh, successful television that's show. That's uh, based on a podcast called yes. uh, The Terrace, that's right. And we were discussing the fact that Montrose... <laughs> But discussed the Mon- successful. Montrose's, uh, Montrose's form was so bad that potentially Stuart Pucci, who wasn't under any pressure at that point, but that form couldn't continue. I mean, they've been so successful last season to finish in the top four. But from the first eight games, I think they'd lost seven and, and drawn yeah. one. Since then, they've won 10 of the 13 league games. They've only lost two. And out of those five teams, they're actually the one that's shown title winning form. Now, because Falkirk's involved, because Raythor wasn't, a, well, not that Raythor is the biggest Falkirk, but Raythor's still considered a, a bigger team than Montrose. Airdrie are considered a bigger team than Montrose. So you're kind of predisposed to say, well, Montrose can he possibly win this league. But if they continue this form, if they win 10 of the next 13 games, they probably will win the league. Uh, they have, I think they're short of a striker. Mm-hmm. I think Graham Webster's got seven. Blair Lyons, who's been linked with Dundee. Dundee. I don't know if that's still uh, a potential move. He's got five or six. He looks good, Blair Lyons. He does, he does, but you still feel that if they are going to win the league, they probably need to bring in a goal scorer, and if that's, if that's possible or not, with Montrose's budget, um, possibly, but I mean, they've got a, they've got a defensive unit that is just, for about three seasons now, has been the, the, the bedrock of their, uh, the bedrock of their success. They've got Cammy Ballantyne back, who's just a fantastic fullback. Uh, Sean Dillon and Matty Allen are, are two very good centre-halves. Uh, Andrew Steve's. Stevies is also very good. How you seen it? Steve's? 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 I've seen Steve's. Is that right, Steve's? I, I, I don't know. Andrew, if you're listening, <laughs> please contact us. Uh, put the word surname in the email. Uh, anyway. But uh, defensively solid, but they out of the top five, they're the, the team that scored the fewest amount of goals. And unless unless you can do something to change that, then you're right. They're probably the, the, the title it's challenge will dwindle. Very, very pleasant club. We, uh, the Terrace, um, all 12 of us went and had 12 of us, yeah. 12 of us uh, went and enjoyed hospitality there uh, on the 3rd of January for the match games East 5. Terrible game of football. Oh, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was terrible. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Sorry, that's maybe I was just was paying attention. I think the only interesting <laughs> okay. thing that happened was Lewis Milne's goal. Uh, I mean, they, they they looked they looked a better team than they looked a better team on the on the day than they should have won it comfortably because they missed a lot of ah, good opportunities they? on the. I on really the wasn't paying attention then. The the thing I would say about Montrose is of those top five teams, I think they've got the the weakest squad, but best I think manager. they've got the best manager. Yeah, uh, that's that's one thing that I took away from it was when he came and spoke afterwards you, you just got a, a good vibe from him in terms of what he what he provide what he brings to the club mm-hmm. just in terms of kind of man uh, man management and general coach as well I think the, the, the big problem is so I know we're going to come in and talk about them but the Fairland Athletics form I mean they've lost their last five matches they're kind of slinking down the table they've fallen at playoffs 
given Stuart Peachy's connections with the club, as soon as Stevie Crawford leaves, Peachy's going to be the, the a, boy a, they'll come to. It's a logical next step, and I think Montrose have been very clever in it. They've tied them down to a, a long term, an, an even longer term mm. deal recently, so they would get a, a, a bit of money. Money, the people we spoke to, they are, I, can't, I think I might have mentioned it to, to them, saying like about, oh, but if Peachy leaves, I mean, they are fairly. I don't know what he does outside of it, but they are fairly kind of like, <laughs> let's hope that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't happen. Did they not seem so, fairly confident that he wouldn't? Yeah, that, that's what the impression I got was. Fucking hell, man, I must have been. <laughs> <laughs> the impression. Shit game of football. I really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely leaving. Has he? I no, they, they, they suggested that they were fairly, fairly confident he would stay. Yeah, the impression I got. <clears throat> I think it wasn't an impression. Just got told that I think he's got a. He's pretty happy with the job he has outside of football, and he, he, I think his balance between management roles and this job is. He's pretty happy. Maybe that's it. You know, sometimes I think we don't go back to Ronan McAllister talking about ambition. You know, ambition doesn't necessarily it might not be playing at highest level. I suppose that's maybe doing the best that you can in the circumstances you you find yourself in. But yeah, do you know the the, the job he's done. Uh, it's, uh, Montrose is, is incredible and Lomit continues because I really do like Montrose as a club but I just I remember when I first started watching Stenis I started going to watch the Warriors in like 2004-2005 and they were and always Montrose, the bottom feeders Montrose were the club that's like we're not playing well, we're playing Montrose we'll take we'll sc- take about three off them and we used to scud Montrose something off it but since uh, like particularly the last few years like they've just the, the, the rise they've had has, has uh, been fantastic and a lot of good stuff happening off the club I know we got bumped off uh, the sort of sponsor of the match because the guy who actually like, bought the stadium or bought the stand um, was in there so I can understand why he would get precedent over us but you know so many good things happening off the club and, and one person galvanising and the squad are all really pleasant as well mm-hmm. I mean they're well, really they went, oh, <laughs> they got <laughs> had an incident in Dublin <laughs> yes. we'll about that. Uh, but uh, it was quite cool I mean, like Sean Dillon like, made a beeline for me and, and, and like you can so I don't know I uh, don't know why he'd, uh, how he wanted that maybe he watches a view for the terrace I, I, I don't know maybe just he, he thought I was Gordon Smart or something like that <laughs> came over and said alright who knows who knows <laughs> Talking about, uh, we're talking about Petrie, who is an ambitious, well, a manager who we suspect will get linked with teams higher up the, the food chain. Derek Young at East Fife. Oh, no, no, I don't know about Derek. What about Darren Young at East Fife? Darren Young at East <laughs> Fife. <laughs> if he's getting, if he's getting five bits out of his, I'm getting one bit. Uh, he, it must now be kind of becoming to a situation where if East Fife don't finish this season strongly, then his star is kind of on the wane a bit because East Fife have a squad that probably should be challenging yeah, for the top yeah. four they were in the position last year where it seemed like an absolute shoe in that they were going to finish top four ended up finishing seventh and they're kind of starting to show signs that they're going a similar way now albeit against Saturday, on Saturday against Airdrie they, they thoroughly deserve to, to, to get a point from that game but they, if Montrose win a game in hand that would push East Fife down into fifth they're not that far ahead of Dumbarton being aware as well that Young has now presided over two of East Fife's worst ever results certainly in, in recent history when they lost in the Scottish Cup last season to, to Broder this yeah, season to, to BSC Glasgow so certainly I think East Fife's opinion of Young is is mixed and while he's always certainly recently he's been linked with bigger things certainly the United job his name was considered in terms of Patrick Thistle but I, I, I would suggest that if they don't finish this season strongly then He's, he's, well, never, he's not going to be getting linked to those, you those teams to, I think with the next job if, if he does want to manage him full time the next job you need to take it whilst he's still got that because whilst he's still got that um, 
oh, what's, what's what I'm looking for? But he's still got that, that perception of him as doing, doing, doing a great job with these five because you say, like, Stevie Aitken, for instance, like, was one of the most promising managers in part time football when he did really well at Stranraer. And you think, well, you're moving to Dumbarton, that's a sort of, like, not a sideways move, but a diagonal move. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like you're moving to a bigger club at a, in a higher league. But then since Dumbarton's relegation and, and the, him leaving midway through the last season, I mean, I think a lot of te- even part-time teams if, if uh, um, Steve Aiken turned up you'd sort of be like oh I'm not too sure about about him coming in there and that's that's strange given just, just how, how high his stock was before Dumbarton's relegation and I think it's strange that Young doesn't become a strong contender for these types of jobs bear in mind the job he did at, at Albion Rovers uh, how well he was doing at East Fife this season certainly and, and until recently but clubs seem quite inclined to just recruit from within and, and although in Falkirk's uh, position I know it was slightly different but it was two guys who had made a name for themselves at Falkirk they big, quite big happy to have big connections with so, so Kerr McPake uh, Millen and McCracken at Falkirk these are guys that have got no experience whatsoever and yet Young appears to be getting overlooked so if you kind of get a job like that when he's doing very well then as you say when it's going Aye. poorly I thought, thought the, the Air United one I can understand the Falkirk one because Falkirk the board are, are very very unpopular at Falkirk so to kind of maybe perhaps deflect the heat off them and, and here's here's two guys who are really popular Lee Miller in particular really really popular players the supporters are going to get behind them I was a bit surprised that Mark Kerr I know we're kind of going off on tangents here but I was a bit surprised that Mark Kerr got, got the job at Air United I don't know if um, there might have been compensation to pay for him he was like the cheaper option just to promote within uh, but yeah I was kind of surprised that, that, that Darren Young missed out on that at the expense sorry Mark Kerr got that at the expense of Darren Young In terms of how he's Fife are sitting for the rest of the season they they're, they're arguably weaker now than they were at the, the start of the window. I, I think Stephen Boyd has left. He's, he's impressed reasonably well at front for his wife. I think I he's saw Chris Duggan's away to Australia. Duggan has, uh, Duggan has emigrated to, to Australia. So they, I mean, they do have Kevin Smith back, uh, who's, who's been missing for the majority of the season. But he's I, fucking old. Ah, uh, he has, and and had three or four really serious injuries. Dowds appears to be kind of off the boil as well. Whether they can bring anybody else in, uh, they, they can maybe get them goals defensively. They, they look kind of suspect as well. Certainly the cross balls and, and set pieces, they're really. I struck. think I think if if Duggan's off the wage bill, be, I think there's money there to to, to sign another another striker. They have brought in uh, Lewis Baker, mm-hmm. who started at the weekend. I've not seen enough of him uh, to, to know. He looks like a supply teacher. Ah, I, I, I don't know if he'll be a success or not. But they they probably need another. They probably need. Another body and up front, I would suggest. You moved us. See, you moved your paper onto Airdrie, which is perfect. <laughs> ah, yes. But I spoke to Colin Telford of the only the Lonely podcast yes. on, on on Tuesday. I did something for Patreon. It'll be going up tomorrow, so you'll find that on the Patreon forward slash Patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. And I was just asking him about kind of supporting Airdrie. They've gone through a lot. They've, they've gone through the mire, mm. and the impression I got was that the are finally finding a bit of stability. They've tied down a lot of their key players. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, um, Carl Gallagher signed Andy Ryan just joined Andy, the club. Andy, Ryan's, Andy Ryan just come back. Uh, Hutton, I think, is uh, tied down. Mm-hmm. Their two centre-backs are tied down. And I think there's a feel-good factor building there after a really poor start. As you say, I, I, would, I would give an example. You know, I, I went to see Airdrie. I spoke about this in a youth the I went to see Airdrie draw two each with Stranraer where Sonar took a two-goal lead into the interval. Uh, Airdrie had not been playing well at all. They got booed off the pitch, and supporters sort of uh, made a beeline for, for, for Ian Murray when he's walking down, down screaming and shouting. And even although they, they, they got a, an injury time uh, equaliser, that still wasn't enough, and then people were unhappy. I mean, we've spoken about the fact that 
supporters are kind of not allowed to sit behind the. I don't know if that's still the case now, but they weren't allowed to sit behind the dugouts because of the levels of abuse that, that Ian Murray was get was getting. And at that point, I mean, this is oh, this is back in like what September, October. You're thinking that, geez, oh, I mean, we don't know how good a manager Ian Murray is. It doesn't look like he's particularly successful. And he's a great success at the Barton, <coughs> poor at St Mirren, and he's not really doing it, Airdrie. Fast forward three months. I mean, I'm sure Airdrie won. I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure they won the game next week. We put him in this sort of that managerial vortex, saying, "Oh, well, we don't know. He's got this contract, so that's probably going to stop him getting sucked in." But since that, actually, you can pinpoint it since he was mentioned in the view for the terrace. Airdrie <laughs> have been absolutely superb. The, the only thing I would say about Airdrie that you would temper that with is they won six games in a row from the end of October right through November, where they were 100 percent record, fantastic. Before that, they were pretty patchy. Since then, they've been kind of patchy. So they've had two wins in six, albeit they've only dropped points. So three of the four games of dropped points have been Wraith, Falkirk and East Fife. So the only game that they dropped points that you would have expected them to do more was against Clyde. Mm. But the form is starting to become uh, a wee bit patchy. What they do have is uh, almost like an embarrassment of riches up front. So oh, Dale yeah. Carrick's got 11 league goals this season. Callum Gallagher's got 11 league goals. Uh, they have Callum Smith that's had a decent season on loan from Dunferman. They already had Ali Roy, albeit he was very much the, the kind of backup option. For but goodness th- sake, whatever you do, <laughs> don't let us dad read your WhatsApp messages. But the fact that they've, been, they've managed to bring back Andy Ryan, who... I mean, I think it's bizarre that Dunfermline have let him go. He was Dunfermline's second best striker. Whether there was something that happened behind the scenes, I, I don't know. But they have, Airdrie have a, Airdrie, Airdrie have a forward line that anybody else in that league, probably including Falkirk, would would willingly yeah. take. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And there's behind that as well. I think Kieran Miller's coming on to a bit of a game. Uh, Kieran Miller I've spoken about him in this podcast in the past. Loved him at Stenismuir. You know, very instinctive player. Sort of very good at, at, at breaking things up, closing things down, shifting the ball into better players. I really like Curtis Roberts. I really liked him when I saw him at Queens Park, and I think that I'm pleased to see him getting a bit more game time. Even big Nat Weatherburn. You know, the guy who's got the 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 expression that, that your granddad would say, "I've seen milk turn quicker." Yeah, I actually think taking him at the team is what made the difference because they were plodding and methodical and slow for the first two or three months of the season and then removing him and I think that might have been when Curtis Roberts came into the team and that was when there was just so much more energy about them yeah. and they, 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 they kind of pressed teams much higher up the park and that seemed to make all the difference Speaking speaking of Colin he <coughs> pinpointed Leon McCann who they Jones had on loan from Hamilton but they've actually signed permanently they, they, I think Airdrie were Amazed that he was released yeah. by Aki's, and he's been keeping echoes out of the team mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because they, we, Airdrie fans didn't speak that highly of Kieran McDonald, who has come at Ray Throwers and has possibly been a player this season uh, so far. So we were like, well, how on earth are Airdrie going to uh, replace him? He's been fantastic for us. No, uh, if anything, they, they're, they're happier with Leon McCann than, than we are with McDonald. Right, Falkirk. Surely they're still going to win the league. Big, sure. big, big if and I think that big if is the team. Di- do, do you know something I think the last time I was on I was saying that players don't necessarily like uh, a kind of lack of certainty when it comes to the management team and within a couple of days possibly even later on that night that's when they were made yeah. permanent then they're unbeaten as I, I think they've had seven league games uh, four wins and three draws the only thing, the only question mark you would still have over them, I suspect, is the three draws were against East Fife, 
Airdrie and Rick Rovers the big games they still haven't managed to, to take a three points off of, off of them however they seem to be starting to bully the lesser lights uh, they looked they looked pretty good at the weekend against Peter Head yeah. uh, Connor Salmon was I think they're starting to play the ball to his feet more than just shelling it up to his head because that's what he likes ok he, he didn't score a goal but he was doing a lot of hard work for McManus he was, he was doing a lot of really good hold up play McManus's three goals were all very good mm-hmm. he's at 18 goals for the season and that's something that Wraith Rovers don't have we don't have certainly now that, that Gullen is away back to Hibs Wraith's top goal scorer is in the league is Grant Anderson and Michael Miller on four whereas Falkirk have got this 18 goal striker up front the big thing though is I mean Manus is only on loan from, from Ross County I presume Ross County would be looking to, to, to maybe sell him I don't know if a team like I don't know say I know he's played from the past but say like Dunfermline might be interested in him actually not because he, he wasn't particularly good at Dunfermline was he he was okay at Dunfermline yeah. but you know given given what he's achieved at Falkirk this season Dunfermline might be saying well we've got a bit of cash free from uh, having let, let go of Andy Ryan maybe we could go in and, and, and bring Declan McManus maybe Ross County I don't think Ross County have much use for him but maybe they might want to see him playing at a, a higher level I think that's, that's an important thing for Falkirk if they can Keep him, I mean, he's the sort of like the, the League One Darren Huckerby. Very good at League <laughs> One level, not particularly adept at the, at the Championship. It, it's weird that most people talk about the worst or the weakest part of Falkirk's game is their defence when they have conceded. Well, I don't think anybody in Scotland has conceded fewer goals. I think they've only conceded something like 13 league goals. Aye, but your defenders like Mark Dernan are chucking goals. I, 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 I don't know if you saw his, his own goal. That's what I'm about about what a finish. Aye, bullet ahead just, just, bullet weird, ahead. just very, very strange. Uh, I, I still suspect that they're going to that, that they'll do the league. What I would say is they now I think the last five games, four of them are Airdrie, East Fife, Wraith Rovers, and Montrose. Uh, so I would say if they don't have a lead by then, it'll probably be quite difficult for them to, to get the league. But they they probably have an easier run in from now until then. So I would suspect that they might build up ahead of steam and actually build up a, a lead before the, the tail end of the season the last game of the season is against Wraith Rovers oh Derby Derby some game in Kirkcaldy at Falkirk at Falkirk okay. speaking of Wraith Rovers you were there on Saturday at least for a bit Sean only, at least for a bit only for the last uh, only for the last hour as I spent 30 minutes looking at Glenn Rothis <laughs> uh, a tyre blew out on uh, on the on the, the bus now I had my headphones in so I hadn't heard anything but then do you uh, not feel like the boom well, but I hadn't heard anything, but then I think a few hundred yards up the road, then yes, I, I did feel it. And I last shout it to the driver, I'm surprised you never heard that. I heard that a while back when well, you just came into your cell. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what was the purpose of not telling anybody? Uh, so yeah, we had to, I had to phone for a, a replacement bus, but that took a, a good while. So I missed about the first 25 minutes. Uh, I, I believe Rovers were very poor in those 25 minutes. I've watched the highlights back. They did look very poor in those 25 <laughs> minutes. But you know something, after that, they were... They were the better team, certainly in the second half. They they squandered a number of opportunities. Uh, Kieran Bowie, as much as I love him, he is uh, he's not great in the air. There was one right on his head that he, that he totally misjudged. Baird hit the post. Dylan Tate put one over the bar from about six yards. And I think if if they if they don't win this league, I think it's because they they lack a, a goal scorer. Don't don't Raiders have quite a bad record against Forth Athletic? I know that's not an excuse. Yes, Forth for team they've kind of struggled against. So the one there, the one there at the beginning of this season, but it was a first one at Station Park in twelve years and about six attempts. So I'd have a, a very poor record. And, and you, you, you kind of it comes down to fine margins, say because I know we're talking about how tight it is. That could be like a, a deciding game. You should. 
regardless of the historical record, you should be going to Station Park and you should be beating fourth. And they've really, they've had a, just a, a disappointing season. Stuart Malcolm has not really had the, the desired effect that. that well, they, they also they also dropped points against Forfar at, at Starts Park in a midweek game uh, before Christmas as well. The strange thing is, as much as I think this Ruth Rovers team have got a lot more about them, they're a lot more resilient. Uh, they, they they don't have a soft centre, which is uh, which has hindered them the, the last couple of years. Their record against the bottom five teams is the worst out of those top five teams, but their record against the top five teams is the is the best. Why is that? I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. I mean, so they've lost four league games this season. They've lost it against. Kind of, kind of makes sense because you look at, you expect when you come against, uh, come up against the, the smaller teams or the, the teams that are struggling that if you have goal scorers in your team, that's that's where they're going to kind of penetrate and get a lot of goals. But it's if, if it's tighter, uh, more organised, like you said, Reef Rovers got a spine. The more organised they are under McGlynn that they can edge out like one 0 wins, for example. The, the, they didn't create and well, they didn't create too many opportunities in the first half. In the second half, they, they probably created four or five good chances, and they are just lacking something, especially now without Gullen, who's got about seven league goals. I, I think they need to bring bodies in. They, they looked like they needed freshened up a wee bit on Saturday. I, I think they expected Ross Callahan to sign for them, not necessarily the the area of the park where they need to strengthen. However, Ross Callahan would make that Wraith Rovers team better. You you mentioned about. You think that if if Ravers, if Ravers don't get promoted, it'll be down to a lack of goal scorer. But also, do you think injuries as well? Yeah, uh, you've had a t- terrible luck with injuries. You know something? It always feels like you're you're using it as an excuse. But you've so obviously Vaughan. I mean, you, you wonder if Vaughan will ever make it back. Uh, touch with he, he, he does, but he's now had three horrific injuries. Uh, Stephen Anderson, who was our best centre half, is now expected to be out long term and might miss the rest of the season. Daniel Armstrong, who is a very good winger on his day, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been having a good season for us this year. He is expected now to be out for six to eight weeks. So there is certainly three players who would all be in the starting eleven. We missed Reagan Henry for about six to for about six weeks there. However, he's come back and again is looking like a, a real standout. I, I actually think this Wraith Rovers team might actually stay the course, but I, I, I still suspect that Falker would sneak it. However, I've been saying for a while now, I actually expect this Wraith Rovers team to get promoted via the playoffs because I, I just think it's a first With time in a playoff record. I know, yep, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but that's just um, for the first time in a long time, I actually like this Wraith Rovers team, and, and most Wraith fans are, are, are saying the same. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And mm-hmm. there's guys in the park that you actually genuinely like. Uh, you know, guys you can re- you feel as though you can relate mm-hmm. to. It makes a huge difference as a supporter. And as much as we've got a lot of experience here, so Davidson's 36 now, uh, Benedict. Part for Davidson. <laughs> and Benedictus has been there. They've got a lot of young guys as well. Uh, Kieran Bowie has come through, although he's looking a wee bit jaded recently. Dylan Tate has come mm. in the last three games who uh, is I think he's 17 and playing in the middle of the park he's been excellent uh, Ross Monroe has had a decent season he's been on loan from Ross Kenny albeit he was at fault for Forfors goal on Saturday so I'm actually wondering if Robbie Thompson will be in, in goals against Livingston he right. has just come back remember he suffered yeah, that injury against Sennis Muir where he just crumpled uh, I, I suspect he might be back in at the, the weekend right we'll call it there we'll speak about Dunfermline on Patreon okay so thanks very much for listening because I know we're pushing an hour I would urge anyone listening to check out us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash tennis podcast. Despite Fowler's absence, he's um, he's been putting out loads of content. He's, he's built it up and there's Jamie McDonald interviews. 
There's best and worst 11s of the decade. There's some good stuff there. There's season reviews. There's going to be tomorrow an interview with uh, Colin Telford from Only the Lonely in depth about Airdrie. So there's plenty uh, plenty there for you to get your teeth into. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you. The next time we'll be hearing all three of us will probably be on a view from the terrace, which returns on Valentine's Day. What are your romantic? Uh, actually, having sex with a woman. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.